Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Danny Cola. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening so that you can join me in having conversations that access higher levels of potential from creatives and professionals all around the globe. Thank you for tuning in. So I'm a huge fan of comedians. I think that comedians are some of the best examples of expressing creativity. As a fan of the Joe Rogan experience and listening to hundreds of shows with other comedians, I've discovered that I'm fascinated with the process of how comedians come up with and craft their bits. Each comedian has their own way of writing, performing, rewriting, processing information, and keeping that process in constant motion. It's a very fascinating art form that I've been inspired to learn more about and share with the world. So today's guest on the podcast is comedian Michael Linochi. He's the host of the Takeover podcast, and he just wrapped up touring the country as a feature act for Chris D'Elia, who just dropped a Netflix special called No Pain. Check it out. Uh, We had a great conversation about the fascinating art of writing and performing comedy and the path of becoming a professional. I had a really fun time talking to Michael, and uh, it was just cool picking his brain and learning about that process. So I hope you guys enjoy uh, the podcast just as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Make sure to follow Michael on Instagram at Michael Inochi, and as always, hit me up uh, at Danny Cola Fitness. And that's it, everybody. Enjoy the show. Michael Inochi, thanks so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate you. How you been? Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of us have time these days, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a weird time. It's a strange time. But I, I want to start this up, and I took some notes here. Um, I first got uh, into you because I went and saw the Chris D'Elia show in Chicago on um, New Year's Eve. And I always love seeing who the big-time headliners are bringing up with them. Yeah. And, um you know, I listen to your podcast and I'm listening to your story and I'm super inspired and I'm really glad to have gotten in contact with you to uh, talk to you about this, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. So um, that being said, let's go into talking about the 10 year takeover, because now this is, I think, what, two, two days and this is your 10 year anniversary or what? Uh, yeah, I, I got here. Um yeah april I'm, I'm looking at a calendar that's why i'm looking up not to yeah. think <laughs> it's okay. uh uh april 18th yeah i got i got that's when i arrived in la yeah that's awesome man and uh it's still, like i said to hear your story it's it's super inspirational but um i did like what you talked about how you got inspired in the beginning talking about the like the early 90s comedy scene talk to me yeah, a little yeah. bit about the specifics that inspired you there um yeah i never really like wa- i wasn't like I think when you start, do, first of all, do you do you do stand up? I don't do stand up. I did it okay. one time. I just love uh, the craft. The craft. I mean, yeah, and you know, That's Rogan. Fun. Rogan really introduced me to like the craft of comedy. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm a fitness professional, and I, I pay attention yeah. to patterns in people's behavior. And I just love the fact that comedians are figuring out this creative way to relate to a group of people in such a way that everyone can understand in laughter. And um, you know, it's not an easy craft. And I tried stand up once and I completely fucked up so bad that it scarred me. But <laughs> but I mean, that's everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I've been in front of uh, people uh, teaching hundreds of thousands of lessons in different types of venues. Um, but like the reason why I want to talk to you is get and absorb as much of that energy as possible, because it's great to have these tools of professionals handy to make your profession better or enhance your yes. Uh, enhance your craft so um I, i've always um loved what comedians bring to the table and i've appreciated the craft and just to kind of hear your story has been yeah. awesome but yeah so you 90s comedy so yeah much, like how much of that infl- i, I think you? now like i think like uh, maybe it's because it was different times and there wasn't the internet sorry i'm trying to make sure that the lighting is oh, good. you're good you're good man you look good I'm trying to, so it doesn't go black. There we go. Um, so I think that, uh, like, it was a different time. Like, I didn't, like, there's a lot of people you'll, you, when you do stand-up, you start to realize, like, oh, there's a, there's a lot of people who are fans of stand-up. Like, mm-hmm. just the, the, the art of it. They don't just are, like, like, when I was growing up, I was a fan of, like, okay, I know who Jerry Seinfeld was or George Carlin. And then that was it. 
I didn't know about any other comedians. You know, in my head as a kid, I would have thought, nah, there's only seven comedians. You know, who knows? I don't right, know. Right. And, um, and maybe that's because there wasn't like the internet and you only saw who was on TV. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know if now it's different, but like there are people who are fans of comedy the whole thing, the whole art of it, like almost like how there's people who are fans of like, you know, underground rappers. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I know about some underground rappers cause I like, li- I like to like see them on Instagram. I like to see them come up and stuff, but like, you know, m- most people have no idea who they right. are. Right. So like, that's, I don't know if that's a, see, that's the thing. I don't know if that's a new thing because of the world we live in or if it's always been that way. You know what I mean? Like there's been fans who go to minor league baseball games, you know what I mean? Whatever. Some people so, just appreciate watching the road unfold. Sure. So I, I wasn't like that. I was just, uh, I just liked being silly. And so what, if I saw something on TV and I was like, oh, he's silly, I, I liked it. I, like, but I grew up and I loved watching like all the naked guns and like airplane and stuff. But like, um, you know, what's his name? He was so funny to me, but he wasn't silly at all. He was Leslie, just like, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, he was just like good. He was just a good actor. He right, wasn't right. really a silly guy. And then like, I'm trying to think like, like, did you ever, how old are you? I'm 31. Okay. So I don't know if you remember Mr. Bean. Oh yeah. Like shit yeah, like I, that. I, would I could laugh. relate. I could relate to a lot. Cause you were talking about movies like The Mask, Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler, you know, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's the stuff that I grew up watching and loving you know, um, yeah. but it was just like that was on TV. Like I think you mentioned HBO. HBO was like uh, an extra. Carlin all the time. Yeah. You know, but, but it, that that's where you went and saw like raw material. Like everything else was so yeah. edited and you can't say the F word or anything. And my dad used to sell black boxes. So we used to get HBO and pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the real biggest influence though for sure was I would say like obviously – for movies, it was Jim Carrey. I had no idea he even did stand-up. You know yeah. what I mean? But it was just right. like, oh, I want to be an actor because I didn't really know about stand-up yet because when you see him act in 93, like what, I'm nine or something, you know? Didn't really know what stand-up was until I was a teenager. But then like stand-up, like, but what really, stand-up-wise, I wasn't really influenced until like may, probably even like when I got to like college with right. Dane, with Dane Cook. But right. like, but before that, Will Ferrell and Tom Green for sure. Like after Jim Carrey, when you start seeing like Will Ferrell, I'm like, oh, I want to do SNL. Like, I'll, that, dude, he's my favorite, Will Ferrell. And then for sure, the Tom Green is what actually made me go, oh, I want to like, well, let's like, oh, let me get a camera. Like, he inspired me to actually like, let's try to do something. You yeah. know what I mean? Your and home that, videos yeah. were hilarious. It just, I mean, it just shows that you innately had the silliness, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, that's what it was. I was just like, well, I'll, dude, I could do. Let's do what he did, and we had we didn't even write. We were just like we would walk around the camera, like let's do this. You know what I mean? Like there was no, and it's so funny. And I don't know if it got back to him or something, but it was so funny. Like I've met him a few times, like over the years. Like we would go to a diner, and he was there. Like he doesn't hang a lot. He's older now, but like he was eating, and I remember we were sitting there. It was like me, Chris, Eric Griffin, Tom Green, and like someone else. And it was my first time hanging out with him. And I remember Chris was like, oh, he's a really big fan of you, like, growing up. And I was like, he's like, oh, cool. You know, like, just whatever. <laughs> and then over the years, like, I would see him. We would say hi and stuff, like, through the comedy scene. And then recently, like, it was so weird. Like, he just, like, on Instagram, like, followed me, like, a few months ago. And I was just like, I wonder if he, like, came across one of my videos. That's awesome. I was like, like, I, I, like next time, like, I talked to him. Because I was talking to Harlan the other day in the, in the club. And I was like, you're part of the reason I smoked weed. And they hate hearing that. All the fucking half-baked guys hate hearing that because really? part of them feels guilty about that. You know what I mean? Like that that movie influenced people to smoke weed. Yeah. But it did. It, it for did. me, it did. So I was like, Harlan, like that movie made me want to smoke weed. So, but I was also like, you were you were great and shit. And then a few months, <laughs> a, a month ago, he was like, yo, come open for me. And then those shows got canceled. So that would have been cool. But I would always love to tell Tom, like I'm sure next time I see him, be like, like you know have you ever met someone in the industry i mean you've been around for 30 years that was actually like hey you're you're what got me into like comedy and like that you work with now like i i I wonder if there's any other people obviously there's a lot of people influenced from dane or influenced through you know um chris raw all the guys who've been around for at least 20 30 years you know they influence everyone and it's like you don't even think about like 
you know, there's probably some fucking 13, 14 year olds that Chris is influenced right now that we'll see in the scene in fucking 10 years. Yeah, that ripple effect lives on for sure. Yes, yeah. Every comic has some sort of influence when they're first starting out. You can be like, oh, you can, you can tell any comic who's been doing comedy less than five years, you can tell who his favorite comic is. It's just, that's just how it is. That's, that's art. You, that's true. You, you, you soak in, the, you learn from them, you soak it in. And that gives you the confidence to do it. And then over years, a decade and more, you start to break that off and become yourself. It, 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 you're not yourself until you put those 10,000 hours. Yeah. You know, someone so, I'm, I've been following and I saw live was Brendan Schaub. And he's got that like athlete mindset and he's new into comedy, like three, four, yeah. five years, maybe. Not even. Yeah. I think he's like three years in. So he's, that's what he is. He's just, he's, he's absorbed. He's learning. He's just got to, he's at a, it's different for him because not a lot of people have that road where, okay, you have some fame, so you get to start out selling right. tickets where right. the rest of us are in open mics being raw and being like, okay, so I'm bombing. So you're in front of a crowd right. and you just kind of have to like, it's, I can't, I don't know what it's like. Right. Uh, he's in a, like a few guys. He's in an interesting spot. Um, uh, but he's got a lot of Callen tendencies. He does a lot of like the flamboyant, like, uh, cause you know, obviously sure. he's, he's around him a lot and, and yeah. it's cool. I, I recognize that and I picked that up. And I also like the fact that a lot of you guys are, are pointing and placing attention on how like a guy like Chris is taking you and lifting you up and putting like good thoughts in your head to keep you going and motivating you, even though you guys are busting each other's balls all the time. What can yeah. you talk about that and how it, building that thick skin kind of uh you know has happened over time but at the same time you have the trust in these guys and you know that they believe in you yeah i mean i think part of part of uh what's helped me with like like i when i was like a year or two in i was like pretty i was friends with a lot of like successful guys already i was like just good at like getting in with them i think because i could take shit well yeah like i like i like the attention of oh they're gonna if they're busting my balls at, at least they're they're paying attention to me. So I was right, like, right. I was good with it. And I wasn't good enough to come back with anything, but like over time you do, but like, even now I'm in a text chain. I'm still the young guy in it, right. but I've been doing stand up almost 10 years, but they've all been doing it 15, 18, but I'm still the, I'll always just be the young guy unless I yeah. fucking until like I'm headlining and bringing a bunch of young guys with me. Right. And then I'll have a new text chain where I'm fucking on <laughs> the alpha in it, you know? Whereas do you, the do you find yourself right now, 10 years in, uh, being that voice for younger comedians? And I mean, obviously, obviously you're doing this podcast with me and you're letting me take in some of your yeah. energy, but is that something you, you vibe towards naturally? I don't even, I, I, sometimes I forget to think about it because I'm always looking up to these guys or like I'm always yeah. around. I feel like I've always been around people more successful than me my whole career. And um, I just always have felt like until recently, like until like maybe the last year when I, when I like I'm going up on Friday and Saturday nights at the laugh factory and I'm on a lineup with Bill Burr or whoever, and I'm bringing it just as like I'm doing well or I'm going after them. I'm just like, like I start to feel like uh, they're like, ah, oh, you're just a comic now. You know right. what I mean? But like right. I, uh, there are some young guys and then like that I'll be like, Oh, like I'll, I just feel comfortable enough to be like, yo, you should do this or give suggestions or whatever. Take it with a grain of salt. They don't have to, yeah. but I, I don't, I forget, like I forget, I'm like, oh, there might be a three-year comic that does like me. I, I just, I don't think anyone does. I think that they all like Bill Burr and Chris and, you know, Tom and, you right. know, let's just, I, I, I think they just like all those. I think those guys are admired, you know, like Theo, a, a, Andrew. And then like, I just think that they think I'm just like an up and coming. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I don't even think about that. Because then I think about when I was like two years in, I would st I remember seeing Theo and Santino coming up, and then like, yeah. oh, they're they're good, or Brent, and now seeing it like you know when they were just doing bar shows, and I was like going up after them. Like I remember yeah. them doing like small ass shows, you know what I mean? So like, and being like, oh, they're good, I like them. I don't, you know, I don't even think if like I'm inspiring or or if someone like likes my comedy. Like, yeah, I don't do think I don't think that my comedy is comics comic. I don't think it's for comedians. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's certain comedians that like a lot of comedians love Fahim Anwar. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but like, you know, I just, I don't think comics are like, Oh, I love his stuff. But like, I don't know. You know right. what I mean? Right. No, just, they they just, definitely, they definitely are. I feel like you're giving me that vibe. That's like, I have to be humble no matter what. I don't know. Yeah. Like, sometimes we don't necessarily feel like sometimes like athletes will come up to me and be like, yo, I love your, your fitness stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, you, 
I, I, me? What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, so I get, I, I get that whole thing. And it's very interesting, but you definitely have a positive effect, especially like when you do your podcast, for example. So like watching it, you're yeah. obviously a very, a very good storyteller. So, and, and you're speaking from the heart and like you're hitting home on people because it's relatable. And that's the bottom line. And the more inconsistent we do that type of thing, the more, no matter what your human are, you know, what type of human you are, you're going to gravitate towards yeah. that information. But going off that, uh, the podcast, so the first episode of the 10 years, what was very evident is the relationship with your dad and how you talked about how he was explaining to you that it's a routine. And you're like, oh, boom, that clicked. That clicked. I'm going to do that. Talk to me a little bit about the relationship with your parents and how that has fueled you thus far. Um. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird. The older you get, the more you realize like you don't you you don't appreciate your parents until you like get to your thirties. I feel like you'll you'll relate to that a little bit. Yeah, I, even in your twenties, you're still a brat. Maybe I was I was definitely a punk, um, but I look back and I'm like, wow, they gave me a good life. Um, but I think um, I don't. You know, my dad loved comedy for sure, um, and like he was always a jokester mm. for sure. And like my mom. Is just kind of like, she's very sweet and she like, well, she try to make jokes, but I definitely get the humor from my dad. Mm. He, he's what got me into like watching the stupid movies and like being like, this is so funny and loved like, you know, like do we used to watch uh, the, do you remember the Jamie Kennedy experience? Yeah. Experience? Yeah. yeah. We used to watch that. That shit would crack my dad up. He would yeah. laugh. Like, and that's funny. Like I, I fucking hang out with Jamie sometimes. It's just like to be like, yes, awesome. man, me and my dad used to fucking like laugh our ass off at that bit when you had like a pizza delivery guy come to a house and you guys were acting like mobsters and giving him a hard time and he got fucking scared. Like, um, I, I, is that what you wanted? Like a touch base on that? Like, or, well, or, like I, I was trying know, to what, think. No, that, that that's good. That's great. I guess like what I what I see is or what I what I hear or is like that, yeah, or if they supported my ideas or what. Yeah, well that that too. So I I kind of got that. But I guess being a teacher, I pay attention to like the the kids that have behavior dis issues, and then like you talk to their parents and you see the disconnect, and it's like oh shit, no wonder, you know. Oh really. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you pay attention to these patterns all the time. And the kids that have like emotional disorders or, or what have you, it's like you sit down because their parents are not loving or something. Well, that or there's some sort of trauma or there's some sort of disconnect and it kind of stunts the growth of the child's hitting their pure potential. Like, for example, like all I, all I heard from your story coming up is that like you were happy they they, they gave you good answers. Uh, you were obviously very loved your parents wanted you to go to school and go to college and you, you did that for your mom so like to, to have that type of relationship and I'm lucky too like that's why I'm doing this message that I, I feel obligated to send a message just because my parents they gave me the love to fulfill my shit and get self-esteem and develop my skills and put out a truthful message oh yeah yeah, yeah. so like I guess when, when I say that I, that's what I mean because now you're coming up you're getting the attention of big names and uh, you're telling your story, your personal story, and it's inspiring. And I feel like having that strong foundation is extremely important. Not that, it, I mean, Rogan talks about sure. how like Let shitty childhoods uh, and all comics have shitty childhoods, but I think guys like you and Chris, you talk about your good upbringing and how that's made an impact as well. I think that's a lot of, uh, yeah. I mean, someone like, I mean, just, the, I don't know why he popped in my head, like Orny Adams too. He, he's always talked about, he's like, I never had a, a rough there's a lot of people who didn't have a rough childhood. Like you can still be silly. I mean, like that's always just been, I think a, a, it's kind of been like a, a stigma, I guess, like because it started in the seventies and eighties because you're like, who wants to be broke and do that. But now it's like, you can, there's like work, like you can have a good job and kind of do it on the side or something like, you know, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to say that not every boxer has had a rough childhood now but that was the case because it was like if you had a good upbringing why would you want to go get your face pounded it like every single boxer up i don't know now i don't follow boxing but like up to like tyson they all came from broken broken homes like it's funny was it's good. funny you say that i was listening to evander holyfield talk about his relationship with his mama growing up and yeah it's beautiful to tie like how his mom was the the foundation of his mentality to constantly keep fighting and constantly keep fighting but the one thing that is like in common with a lot of those people is that there's always a real level of love unconditional love which i think is yeah. the most important thing i know it's sad as fuck yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's important 
But let's not get it confused. My parents definitely were fucking worried and freaked out when I was like, I'm moving to LA to do stand-up. <laughs> they definitely were like, yeah, you're going to be able to do it. They were not those type of parents at all. They were like, my dad was like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, he's this Italian guy who's like, be, he's all about like, let's be realistic, bro. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, you think you're going to go out there and make a living? He's like, you know what, how hard that is? Like, he was the kind of guy who told me when I was 13 that I wasn't going to be a pro athlete. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah. yo, you're not going to make it. He's like, yeah. when I was 13, I was way better than what you are. And I didn't make it. Like, he straight up said that <laughs> to me. So he was like a realist. Like, he's like, I want to say he's a pessimist, but like, he was like a realist. And then my mom was definitely like, oh, okay, well, and she's all about like, this is his journey. He has to figure himself out. She was yeah. just like, you know, he's going through a hard time. He doesn't know what he wants to do out there. Let him figure this out. They, all, they thought I would be back in a year or two. I swear to God, they didn't, they didn't know. Sure. I mean, no idea. I, I, so. I'm sure like the average person who goes and does this does come back yeah. after a year because sure. they still know, supported me, but like, they just didn't, they were like, sure. What? Like, but, but they, they weren't like, fuck you. You're dead to us. But like, they, they're always going to have my back. I was like, mom, I need rent money. You know? Right. That's good. But yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Well, at least, you know, the love was there for you to pursue something you felt very connected towards. And I think sure. that's, that's really important for like a wellness journey. You know, as a fitness coach, I, I try to teach people alongside a good workout is find something that you're connected with, find something that you can be creative towards and, and, you know, keep doing it, which kind of flows nicely to the next thing. So you, you talked about the job that you got at uh, the parlor okay yeah and, and this is very interesting to me because you get this job you know you had some connections you're using your, your connections and then once you get to this job where you're well, I, I guess i understood that you're you're cleaning toilets you're kind of the low man in the totem pole um you started using your skills as a people person to network there talk to me a little bit about how impactful that parlor gig was and all the connections that you made but you had to like go ahead and consciously make those day in and day out it, it, what, here's the thing, man. I've always like, uh, I always want to tell people this, like when people are like, uh, I hate the word networking, dude. I fucking yeah. hate it. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like, <laughs> because people are always like, uh, Oh, are you going to that show? Like when you, when we were, when I was first started in the scene, at, uh, Wednesday nights at the improv was comedy juice. And it was like one of the hot shows in town at the improv every Wednesday night, like from like 2010 to 2014, 15. And like when you would go there, it was, it was the hottest lineup that was in a comedy club at the time before the comedy store boom and everything else. And so everybody would hang out there, young comics, big comics, everybody was just like hanging out. And it was just like, if, I remember feeling like if I didn't hang out, I'd be missing out. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel, yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of people will say they felt that way too. And people were like, you got to go to network. And it was like, yo, I never fit. That was never like my mindset of like, okay, here's what I got. Like I was just being myself. Sure. I like being around a big group of people. And then I like, I want to be around funny fucking guys. I like being around, I want to, I want to be around guys I learned. So like, it wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to do this. It was just like, yo, I like him the best. Mm. That's the guy I like the best. I think he's the funniest. I like him the best. I want to be friends with him. So I'd be like, yo, what's up? How are you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's fun. Like I'm not like Rogan's all power to him. He's great. He's got a huge podcast. But it's not like he's not like someone who I'd be like, oh, man, I, I want to like be friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like if mm. that happened, dude, by all means, that would be an honor to be like, that's the ultimate goal. Like I'd rather do be on Rogan than any late night. Like that's what it is. Sure. Just to go off for a second, like today when we were growing up, it was like you wanted to be on Leno or Letterman. Right. Now, fuck it, dude. You want to be on Marin or Rogan. That's the Letterman that's it. The, the Leno Letterman is Rogan Marin. Like you want to, that's where you want to be. They, there's also like these other funnels too, that, that there's others, there's all these other platforms that have also emerged that also help you guys launch each other. Cause you guys are all jumping on each other's. Sure. Sure. Like, like, that. sure. There's like, like Tom Segura's your mom's house. But that to me, that's like a, that, that would be like a Howard Stern a little bit, mm -hmm. but like the act, the, the ones that you would, I feel like those two are like the grandfather ones. Yes, you know what yes, I mean? Of course. But like, but like, I would never like, I've never been like, I would never be like, Oh, Rogan's the most popular comic in the country. Well, let, let me, let me fucking, I see him in the hallway. What's up, dude? So I was watching UFC. Like, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be like, let me, I don't, I don't fuck with UFC. Right. I don't watch that shit. I don't right. care. So I'm not going to fucking force myself and make myself be, like, I, I would just like, oh, we probably wouldn't like, we don't have a lot in common. Like, you know what right. I mean? And, right. 
surprisingly me and Chris don't have a lot in common, but we just like, I liked his like silliness and we became friends. So it was like, never like, I hated when like other people were like, Oh, you're going to know. I was like, I'm just being myself. Yeah. And if people, people want to hang dope. And that's who I fuck with. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, for sure, so, like I guess yeah. it, I guess it could have this like disingenuous quality attached yes, to it because yes. there's a lot of like kids coming out of college. Like, yeah, I'm going to a networking thing. Yeah, dude. yeah. Because yeah. I remember I I did that stuff to you. You were right. like, hey, go to the happy hour thing, and you meet people, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And you're like, right. this is stupid, dude. At the end of the day, even not even only in comedy, in everything, everybody works with their friends. That's what you want to work with your friends, right. like you know. So that like so that's what it was. But like I yeah I would do stuff like. Uh, it wasn't more like it would be like things like yo I could get you a drink you want a drink I, I, I was do, I wasn't doing that because I like sure I uh, sure you want some, you want people to like you that would that's a hard you know thing to not have like if you sure. if you'd be like I don't give a fuck if someone doesn't like me or not good for you but that's fucking rare right. but yeah you want them to like you but I was also just big being nice and be like yo that's I got nice. you I got you I'll, I'll get you a fucking drink and shit because I I worked there so I I knew people and then I was just like I just want to laugh and have a good yeah. time definitely so definitely it was You're- fun. Yeah, you're doing yeah. Oh, for sure. It definitely comes off as you're doing the genuine thing. And I guess I didn't mean it like networking. No, no, I like, wasn't coming at you, but I'm saying, <laughs> I was saying for people listening, like you hear that word thrown around in comedy. Yeah. yeah. Even with peers. They'll be like, All oh, the time like, in any industry. Networking. Network. I'm like, yeah, that's gross. And that's your intention. Like, I'm not going to fucking sit in a room and go, oh, who's that? You know, like, I'm like, I'm going to stand next to my boy, like, because I'm comfortable with him. Like, anytime I'm in a room where I'm like, there's a bunch of big people or something, and I don't know anyone, I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. Nobody, nobody wants to talk to me. I'm not friends with anyone. This is stupid. Like, especially because eventually, like, you'll become friends with them or work with them in some other way. Hmm. You know? Yeah, those definitely, those like set up network events are weird. Yeah, there's I definitely something disingenuous about that. I've, I've done that, you know, with business partners in the past. And, you know, that we have these casual conversations like, oh, take my business card, you know, take my business card and, you know, and nothing yeah. ever comes about it. But like, I love doing the podcast. And like, I, I guess now you're influencing me to not use the word network. Uh, but I've No, like- because it's, it's more of like, it's not like, I get that that's a, it's a word for a reason, yeah. but I feel like it is negative to like, some people will be like, like I'll hear comics being like, well, they'll be like, you know, the reason I don't have this, this, and this is like, I'm just not good at networking. I'm like, yeah. get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. It has nothing. I never networked. I was just being myself. I'm a sure. social guy. I'm a social guy. I was in, a frat in college. I was in a frat in college. I liked being around a lot of people. Yeah. Dude, I know a lot of people who are not social people that are doing fine because at the end of the day, the stage talks for you. Sure. Bottom line. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of very unsocial people that just are doing well. So it's not about network. Like mm. if you're trying to network, dude, if you're lingering and you're like trying to find conversation, what? Like people just want to, <laughs> like nobody wants to t- try to talk about things. Like I've oh, been watching the press, the fucking, no. the briefings, the fucking coronavirus shit. You're like, what? What are you doing? Like, you yeah, know? no, I, yeah, no, I totally understand. I totally understand. Um, but so you, you're, you're doing a, a set at the parlor. And um, yeah. Chris talks to, talks to you about some, a, a joke that you had that, you know, you, yeah. you post a little clip of when you're comparing men and women and how they eat. And, yeah, it, yeah. and this, this to me is like the genius uh, of, of a comedian here when they do those kind of jokes. And then I think the beauty of it is one great recognizes the gems of great in other people and that gets exploited. And that is good for someone like me to hear because when I try to like figure out what the fuck funny is and how to construct something witty but also funny, that is a great example there. So talk to me about how that influenced your, I guess your, um, uh, what's the word, um, in, uh, self-esteem to keep doing stuff like that. And if, it was, if you get 15 minutes like that, people are really going to know you. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, definitely. I, at that point, like he had knew, known who I was because I was hanging around a lot and stuff. And I think he knew I like looked up to him a lot because I would go, to, I would go to, like the Laugh Factory and like yeah. watch his such and shit. So, and that's how it happened. Someone like will gradually just see you naturally. And that was my first. Like at that point, I don't know when I'm like maybe a, a year in or a little over a year. I, you know, it's kind of magic when you get jokes a little bit. I mean, some guys are really good at just writing on a notebook and they're like, this is going to be great. I'm not that guy. I'm like, Mm. I have an idea. And then I'll like find a way to like 
I'll make it work and, and then I'll work it out on, on stage and I'm like, whoa, this, this works. Oh, this is great. And it's become easier as I do it now. Yeah. But at that time, I remember I was like, oh, cool, this is funny. And then it was working and I would get like an applause break and I was like, whoa, this is cool. And then you would rewrite it and I was like, oh, this is like my first really good joke. Like that was my first really good, like really good bit, even though it was kind of dirty, but it was like, oh, this is my first good bit, which that bit doesn't even, that, I mean, I can, I'll pull it out sometimes when I'm starting doing an hour yeah. I'm on the road. I'll do that joke again, which is the oldest joke. It doesn't, it's definitely where you can tell how the times were different from 2010 to 2020. It's, oh, sure. it's a way more misogynistic joke to do now. But that, when I was doing that and he came off, he's like, well, that, that's, a, that's a great joke. You know what I mean? People were telling me that, like yeah. bigger comics. They're like, hey, that's a really good joke. You know, keep doing that. And then when he explained, he was like, I think he was explaining to me because that's what had happened to him. Mm. And it's not, it, that doesn't really happen like that because I, a lot, everybody has great, everybody's funny. But like he, like when he started, so in 2010, I think he was like four years in. So if you could imagine being one of the bigger comics in LA in four years, that doesn't happen. Right. It's not, you know what I mean? There's yeah, very few right. guys who have ever done that. And most people of, love yeah. him. He's got three specials, yeah. four specials already. Four now. So like people usually like all these guys that you know about like Bill Burr, Sebastian, they've been doing it 25 years. They right, put like right. a lot of, Chris is 15 years in. Like when he was 10 years in, he was already pretty much famous and making millions of dollars. And I'm sitting here fucking asking <laughs> to Venmo me. So, <laughs> like, so you know what I mean? Like, like just to let people know about comedy, whatever's happened in Chris's career, that doesn't happen. That's not, that's literally like, you know what I mean? That, sure. That's not how it's supposed to look. He's, he's, a, he, one, he's okay? a he's a he's like a uh, you know like a Cristiano Ronaldo type superstar. I mean that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. what that's just is. like very very rarely in comedy do people blow up before ten years or even fifteen. So it's rare. Dude, so you're, I, you're you're doing really well for yourself. I mean, ten years and like to see like the first performance, the open mic that you posted, like oh, yeah, yeah. you can tell like okay, this is what you're like meant for the way that your body language is and the way like you're slapping the microphone around and you're doing the Roethlisberger joke oh you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah even though you can tell it's raw it's like oh yeah. this is what I'm supposed to be doing you can tell that you had that already yeah know? I mean like that that uh I mean that was important for me to, to show to be like listen man if you just do it you get better like yeah. you, you you you're, you're gonna get better like everybody gets better but you don't see it because you're with everyone every day but you're gonna get better if, if you work hard like man I, I mean dude I would get up so much you know what I mean like it was just like and sometimes in the beginning I was getting up and I was like I didn't even know what I was doing I just wanted to be up there so yeah, it was right. just learn, learning to be on stage was yeah. part of it it's not only the writing part um but going back to like when Chris said that he was just like you know he was right in a point he's like if you can get like a killer 15 then people are gonna be like oh whoa you're really funny and it just it takes a long time to get that killer yeah, 15. Yeah, for sure. A witty, a witty 15. Like that joke yeah. goes up and down and up and down yeah. and it comes back around. Like that, like for someone like me, somebody that is trying to pay attention to joke writing and the craft of it a little bit more, it's like, oh, to go that deep on a subject and make those comparisons, there's a lot that goes through that. And I'm very, very fascinated with that. And also how it grows. I mean, like a bit like that, when I posted that clip of it and I go, Oh, that's how I used to do it. I, I had forgotten. I go, cause that's not, if I was to do it tonight or tomorrow, it's totally different. Ah. It's longer. It's, it's, it's more of a story. It's just like that. It's just not even the same. And that's why I kind of did it with like, I, I think in one of the episodes I put the banana thing. I did the banana thing when yes. I was like, when I was like two years in, I had the idea and I was like, Oh, this is very like Seinfeld uh, of a bit. And like I did it and it would like sometimes, but it would work maybe 50% of the time. It was like some nights it would not work at all. And I was like, fuck this. I stopped doing it. And then about like seven years in, I, I came up like, that's what will happen. Like you'll be like, Oh, remember that joke? Let me try that again. And I, and when I was going through all the clips, there was a bit I wrote down somewhere in my phone. I'm like, Oh shit. Remember that joke? I should try. I, mm. I know how to do that now. Like I, I literally wrote it in my phone because I was, I saw it when I was like a year in, I was like, bro, I could do that. I could kill with this joke now. Yeah. Like, so like you sometimes later on go, Oh, I know how to do this. That's so cool. It's, that's kind of cool too. Like how that's definitely cool. Something grows. 
Yeah, for sure. And you know, the one thing that I'm sure like it's hard for people to grasp and like I do this a little when I edit my podcast and edit my video, I have to listen back to the, the episodes to get the best, you know, 60 second clip, two minute clip. And I cringe sometimes because I'm just like, God damn it, shut the fuck up. What are you saying here? You fumble over your words. I sometimes can't handle listening to myself. Talk about the emotional roller coaster. You go back and forth from like, uh, you can't stand yourself to being, oh no, this is funny. I- I'm sticking. Yeah, I mean it. that. Yeah, that went away a long time ago. Yeah, in the beginning, sure, but now it's like, uh, I'll go back. I'll, I'll drive home from a gig and just immediately put it on and listen. And I'm mm. just like listening. I'm, I'm not even thinking about my voice. I'm just I'm thinking about the bit and then like, mm. and then or if I'm walking my dog, I'm listening to my set and then maybe like, you know, I'll be like, oh, I could like. I could go into it like this as well. You know what I mean? A lot of the times I'm recording myself and then I don't listen because I'm like, I didn't really do anything differently that I liked on that show. Mm. But you get past the part of not liking yourself. Like I, I, you know, I forget to even like, even when you watch yourself, I, I sometimes forget. I'm like, Oh, what do I do? I remember when I first started watching myself when I was like a year or two in, I, I had one of those, I forgot what they're called, those flip things. Or, or I, I forgot what they were called. And I would record all my sets at open mics. And I noticed things that I didn't know I was doing and I got rid of them immediately. Like mm-hmm. I would go, I kept yeah. doing this. Yeah. They're fillers. On stage. They're, they're junk yeah, fillers. And I was like, like, I was like what habits. am I doing? Yeah, and you get rid of those. So that was very important to watch because you're like, oh, what am I doing like that? Or like the way you uh, – you know, like even things later on in life, I like smile more. I smile way more on stage. Like you forget. You're like, hey, yeah. man, make sure your face is like, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forget like a smile can make your set a hundred times. It's crazy. Like just little things like sure. that you forget about. So, but the listening to the th- yourself, um, you know, I don't know what how other people do it, but sometimes you hear it and you're like, oh, I could do it. Like it just sometimes it helps. But with the podcast, I used to kind of do it with the podcast, but now I'm just like, well, podcast isn't stand up and right. it doesn't have to be like podcasts aren't funny. None of them really are besides Chris's and Theo's. Yeah. Those you know two I mean? are hilarious. Everybody, you those, know who else is really funny is Andrew Schultz too. He'll have, he'll do some really good oh, really? podcasts. Oh yeah. He's, he's, but a lot of these podcasts, people just want to be informed. Like Rogan's right. is not a comedy podcast. No, no, it's, definitely. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an informative thing. Right. And a lot of these we're funny in it. We have funny moments. Like when we're like, when we get into our, our, our thought process of, of a certain subject is funny. But right. at the end of the day, people are listening to this at work. It's not like you have to edit it to where like, oh, it's punchy, 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 punchy. Right. Because it's not like that. You're just being yourself talk, talking about, you know, what you're doing, you know. So yeah. I kind of got past that being like, you know, what I'm just going to talk. And sometimes I do for like the clips, like you're saying, like I was like, oh, I, w- I want to make a funny clip if I'm posting on Instagram. But I mean, some guys, yeah, they go through and cut the fat out a little yeah. bit. But yeah, sometimes I get too high and I overanalyze and I overthink stupid sure. shit. Oh, you know? the, dude, we, that's for me is like if I get high, I try not to do that. Um, and then sometimes I'll also write high and then the next day I'll be like, this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, for sure. So it would, do, you, do, you sim- do, you, do you still stick to that, um, that blueprint of having an idea, rolling with it on stage, then going back and forth to writing it and backing on stage? And how, how's, how's that going right now? Like, um, yeah, like I, I, I really like, for instance, like I'm just looking right now because I can't do stand-up right now. So I'm like, it's hard for me to write when I'm not yeah, doing Yeah, about a month of not doing stand-up, I'm sure yeah. has, a, has an effect. If I don't, I, if I don't drive for a week and I get back behind the wheel, I feel like, oh shit, I haven't driven. Yeah, I, I like I just have ideas. Like so, I just like th- I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I have like six ideas I've written down in this month. You know what I mean? And yeah. like they're just like kind of written out, and I think they're funny ideas, but I don't know how to. I, I got to figure out how to work. So these ideas I'll run with. Like I'll take one of the ideas, and like if I go do a show. I have my routine mm-hmm. and then like, I'll be like, Oh yeah, let me try this somewhere in between. And I could kind of run with it a little bit. And if I feel the crowd, I can gauge the crowd. If I feel like they're on board with it, they're relating to it. I can keep going, but if not, I could check out real quick and jump into another bit and they would never even know. They mm-hmm. would, you know what I mean? Like I know how to disguise myself. I know how to disguise writing on stage now. You know what I mean? Like to, to make it where like people have no idea that I was trying or I'm also at a point where like, if I do try something, I'm like, all right, well, I, I could easily just be like, 
well, I guess you guys disagree with me on that and make fun of myself yeah. and then still have a, a good set. Yeah. Like I'm, I've been doing it so long that I can, I could say a joke and have it not work and it doesn't matter. I'm still going to have a good set. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. How so, much- and then, and then I'll go listen to it and be like, Ooh, I like this. Okay. And then I'll, if I feel like it, if I feel like I like it and I'm vibing with it, then I'll, then I'll add it to the routine, you know? Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I, again, I'm really fascinated with that whole, that whole craft. I remember when I did my first open mic and it was five minutes and I, I did not feel connected to the material whatsoever. I, I was going to, like, I wrote everything out that I wanted to say like verbatim. And then when Me I too. went, when I went up, like I remember getting that, that initial stage fright and then I forgot everything. And I was like, Oh, I don't know how to get myself out of this. Like yeah, if I'm running, normal. if I'm running a fitness class, I have so many things in my back pocket to use body weight, whatever, like super easy. I can get myself out of any sort of pickle, no matter how many people, no matter how much space without limited equipment. But when it comes to like talking yourself out of something like that, it was very overwhelming. Yeah. You got to learn how to do it. I mean, that's the say Everybody goes through that that same situation you're talking about and you're like um and then like literally the best thing to do in those situations when you're starting out is just be honest and be like hey guys i just went blank yeah and people are gonna laugh they're gonna relate to it they're gonna just laugh at you bombing you're like so i mean you know i don't really have any ideas right now like you know what i mean like that's all you can really do yeah. but like yeah i mean i was the same way it's just learning how to like i could get myself out of any situation even if like i don't remember the last time i've had a hard bomb it's got had to have been years Mm. but like i definitely have had shows where i'm like well i'm not doing well yeah and it's fine and then i'll be like okay well i don't know you guys don't like me today for some reason you know what i mean like i'm not gonna sit there i'm not gonna sit there and and try to do jokes for you at that point i'm just like all right well i lost i must have lost you at some point sorry you know like whatever and i'm just gonna talk to you like a human it's not gonna affect me i'm like whatever i'm gonna go do this tomorrow and it's gonna go great so in this moment, it's not, is that your fault or my fault? I would say it's your fault. You know what I mean? I can, just flip, <laughs> I can flip it on them. I'm just yeah. saying I've, I've done this 10,000 times, yeah. maybe 9,000 times. It's gone great. So do you guys want to go home, feel guilty or should I, you know what I mean? Right. Like whatever I can be silly about it. Right. How much do you intend to do crowd work? Uh, Andrew Schultz is a wizard at this. I love watching the way he comes up with stuff on the spot. Is that something that is your forte? Um, I will say that I don't know if everybody feels this way. It's, it's much harder to write a joke and make it work on stage. Mm. Crowd, crowd work is a very, uh, and he, he has some brilliant bits. Um, but I think like, and crowd work is great to post because it's like, it's not bits. Mm. So like I, I haven't started touring a lot and doing an hour to where, if I'm recording my show, like, like people, I think, think that he's always doing crowd work, but he has bits. Like I've seen him do right. shows. Right. So he's just posting crowd work because he's going to shoot a special and put out a special. He doesn't want you to see his jokes. Right, right. So if I was on the road and I was recording all of my shows and I get to do fucking four five hours a weekend, I would have a lot of crowd work too. Hmm. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, here, let me throw away funny moments that happen with me in the crowd. You know, if, if you're just like, the, 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 there's a little magic behind crowd work. If you're a good enough comedian, all you have to do is ask someone enough questions and you'll find something funny. Mm. You know what I mean? I can be like, where are you from? Oh yeah. What'd your, what'd your parents do? Like, oh, oh cool. They did that. And then your mom, are they still married? Oh, they're not. Oh, well that explains why you dress like that. You know, whatever. Like right. it's just, you, 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 it won't take more than three questions for you to get something funny. Because huh. you do it every day. Like, I'm having a conversation with you. I can ask you three questions. And within those three questions, something's going to pop in my mind. It's just how our minds work. Because we yeah. do it all the time. So crowd work is something that we, uh, more comics, I mean, in, in LA, in a showcase town, I don't think you're doing it as much. Maybe if, you're, if, you're, if your material's not working and you're not connecting, like, okay, well, you guys aren't feeling my material. So like, what, what, what do you got? What's going on with you? Then you could turn to it or something. But like, there, most comedians like are doing a routine and then like crowd work is just moments that you're catching on the road. Sure. And I think that that's what he's posting. Interesting. And, and I think that a lot of normal people are like, Whoa, that's, that's brilliant. And I'm not saying it's not brilliant. I'm just saying crowd work is not as hard as you think it is for comedians. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like the hardest part is building an hour full of jokes. Definitely. So like, so like that's exa- like, but like Schultz isn't going to post that because he, he wants to shoot a special. Right. You mean like his special is not going to be a, an hour of crowd work. Right. That's for content, putting it out. Right. You, get, right. you know what I'm saying? 
So that's just a little behind peeling back, you know. Yeah, the curve, no, that, that, the that's interesting. Yeah. Is there like um, an ill will? But like, do other comics comics give other comics that do stuff like that kind of like uh, he's doing that? That's a crutch type. Is there that kind of vibe in, in the industry? Um, it's definitely no. I don't think so. If if you're on the road, it's your show. Who cares? Uh, I think in the club a little bit. Like if you're like like if you're going up after a comedian who did does a lot of crowd work, it's going to be a little harder because there's nothing funnier than something in the moment, especially if the crowd can. They're a part of it. Mm. They're not a part of your bits. They're just hearing it, right? So if they're hearing your joke, you know, they're like, oh, wow, that's great. You made us laugh. But if you're, if they're laughing at something they're a part of, that's even funnier. You can't right. compete with, them. they're like, oh, we were there for that. Well, we're, we're a part of it. You know what I mean? Like you can't compete with crowd work laughter. You know what I mean? Like when, when something happens and then there's a big explosion, that's the funniest moment of the night for that crowd because that was special for them. Right. It definitely is like sometimes I, I don't give a fuck, but I definitely have seen uh, there's like a couple, there are some comics in LA that like are crowd work guys. And, but, the, but there's an art about the way they do it. You know what I mean? Like, like Schultz is, I wouldn't say he's a crowd work comic cause he has great material. Right. He'll, right. He'll put a, an hour. There's some crowd work comics in LA and they don't have specials and they're very funny, but there's an art about the way they go into it and they hide bits in their crowd work too they can manipulate people to answer questions that will go into a bit if that makes sense yeah so yeah. and sometimes like it's definitely not as easy to follow them unless you're a really high energy good comic because it's like that crowd was just like i said a part of something so some guys might get a little bit of annoyed but it's just like learning a new muscle of like how to how to figure yourself out in a situation but i don't think it's like oh it's not gross because a lot of comics when they are doing crowd work if they're doing crowd work in la it's because something happened and they were forced to do it mm. or like they're not connected with the crowd maybe material wise so nobody really goes on stage and goes all right so what's going on what are you doing like there's like maybe one comic i know who does that but then when you're on the road doing your own hour you're free to do whatever you want you could do you're doing an hour right you could, you could go up and kill for 15 minutes and then like the crowd resets and then you just, so how's everyone doing? I love the city. I was walking around today and they can be real. So Dude, that's there's... a whole nother level of like feeling the energy of people. I think that's, yeah. that's crazy. That's, that's the whole part. I can't wait to even learn about. Like I, like I said, I've only done an hour, like, maybe like 10 times. I just started doing one nighters myself. So it's like, that's, what's fun of like being able to like come out and be like, yo, I'll do my 20 murder and fucking everyone's like laughing and then they settle down. Like nobody can die laughing for an hour. That's too much. Right, right, right. I saw, I went and saw Sebastian Maniscalco and he did yeah. 90 minutes. And but it's like, but it was like this. It was like totally. late. I, 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 I was, it was a late, it was a late show and I like to like fucking get my, my hour of funny and then like go off to the next event. You know, I felt like it was still like, it was too long. What are your thoughts on like 90 minute shows? Yeah, I think that's a long time. I think most people would, but you know, maybe he was just like, he's figuring stuff out. He yeah, probably, well, dude, it, was really an, right. it was an arena. It was the United Center. It was crazy. Oh yeah. That too. Oh, it was Chicago, right? Yeah. 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 So I think like, that's also like his home place, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I think I'm he sure probably did some did. more yeah. special stuff. So it's 90 in the United Center, but I think most, yeah. and I don't know what, it, what, what the, the format is. If it's, is there an opener when he's doing like, he had things? an, he had an opener. Yeah. It was definitely, he was like a 30 minute opener opener and then sebastian just came on and yeah i can't around. even imagine what doing like those crowds but like i i you know i, I when we would when me and chris do a show we try to keep the show 90 minutes like yeah. he does an hour and then like, i'm doing 20 if that yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. it's just like yeah you always want you always want them to like leave and go man i wish there was a little bit more right you know? i agree i agree and i i felt that way i saw uh, but that's hard to do as a performer because you want to fucking get everything out that you okay. have yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. it's hard to have that. But like Chris is good on that. He's like, I don't want to do, I don't ever really want it to be more than an hour. And you're even seeing that with some specials. I think like, uh, you know, like people are putting out like 45 minute ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and yeah. That, like he says, Schultz, I think put out like a half hour one, you know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah. He, he even just, said he was very vocal about how, uh, when he gets information from the people uh, watching his content, he always says that people say it's too long. It's too long. It's too long. But it's, it's the classic 60 minutes. I mean, if you have 60 minutes of really good material, that kills material. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's also, yeah, you, we've worked years to put the 60 minutes together. Yeah. So that's, that's what's, uh, 
that's what you, you save it for. You want to put your jokes in a special. And then when you're posting an Instagram clip, yeah, if I had, if I was doing the road a lot and I had, I would post crowd work shit too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you, uh, do you think this time in society, this, this quarantine COVID thing, do you think that when the new normal comes around, people aren't going to be as sensitive and we're going to be able to come back with more uh, content that is, uh, you know, offensive and go back to that raw type material? Or do you think that we're going to still, we're going to have to be careful on what we say? Because guys like Burr, his last special, he stuck it to everybody. Chappelle's special stuck it to everybody. Yeah. And- you know, I think Schultz does a good job of trying to just fucking say what he's, he thinks, no matter yeah, how yeah. offensive people think he's going to be. Do you feel like the, the climate is going to turn back to a little bit more raunchy and that be okay? Or do people have to watch their ass? No, I think that will never go away. I think people are always going to get mad about something. I think that's because everybody has a voice now. So that, it's not that things have changed. Everybody's always been the same. But in the early 2000s or 90s, nobody could go on Twitter and be like, this guy said this, fuck that. nobody knows like uh i forgot what podcast i was watching the other day where they were talking about it like like i I think it was chris on your mom's house with tom and then they were all talking about like how like nobody like how we get uh, dude i get comments every day someone hating on some shit like okay here we go again it's like you just try not to comment back but it's just so weird that someone could be like you fucking suck dude i hate your comedy (laughs) like okay do you you spend time reading comments a lot or um, I try not to. I mean, there's different ways. I mean, I, I've played with it in so many different ways. I, I do. There's times when I just want, I'd be like, oh, I'd love to find this guy and go fuck him up. And then there's times like where I'll kill them with kindness. And I'm like, bro, that sucks that you're like this. I'm sorry that your parents didn't give you enough attention. But like, mm-hmm. I'm just, ch- I'm just chasing my dream. And then I've had a guy DM me and be like, yo, I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I did that. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, yeah. I won. But then it's like, you're giving them attention. That's probably what they want. Right. Sometimes I just block. Like, I was just like, all right, got, you're gone. You right. know who, like, Chris said it best. He's like, you know who I am. I don't know who you are. I blocked you by. Good. Fine. You know, you're commenting on my shit. It's, really, it's just weird that people are like that. But, like, yeah. everybody everybody has a voice. So, like, no, I mean, comics are never going to not pull back. Like, even Tom on his special, you know, he went into retarded, you know, saying, yeah. like, doing that. Like, everybody's going to – comics are never going to change. They're always going to say what they want. L- listen, we're, we're free to do that. You can't cancel a comic who's – a theater act because yeah. he's got a fan base. Like, dude, Louis C.K. probably made $7 million at least just off his last special. People probably download Like you can't cancel Louis. You, you can not give him a show ever again, but he's still going to sell out theaters yeah. and people are going to listen to him talk. And that, and you can't, you can't fuck with that dude. You, yeah. you, and if you don't like what he says, then don't listen. That will never dude, go away. I watched Louis. Uh, he came to Chicago probably was September and uh, dude, standing ovation. It was like a 300 plus room per yeah. uh, place. It's and- like, yeah, it's never going to go away. Like you can't, you can't cancel a comedian unless it's like obviously something illegal, but you cannot cancel. Like, you know, obviously what Louis did wasn't right, but like, he wasn't fucking Bill Cosby. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. So like, it's like, and I think everybody feels that across the board. They're just afraid to say that. A lot of people are afraid to like, be like, sure. What he did was wrong, but like, you know, we yeah. can move on. We can move on from it. He's not going to yeah. do it again. He's not going right. to do it again. Now, if he does it again, sure. <laughs> now you're like, Hey, you're, you're being an asshole. But like he was scolded for it. Right. And he's not a horrible human. He's just a guy. Listen, you're not going to fucking, if someone gets a fucking DUI, you're not going to be like, you're done in this town. Like he gets, a, he gets to drive again eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no, like, I totally, I totally get that. There's a balance there. So yeah. Well, the thing with the whole like me too shit was there was no scale. It was just like what Louis did was as bad as what Cosby did. It was like, that can't be the way it right. is. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like if you get a speeding ticket, you don't get your license suspended like you do if you get a DUI. They're two different things. Yeah. One's very worse. One could be con- uh, considered attempted murder, you know, if you fucking yeah. get in a car accident. But like, even if someone is driving drunk and they kill someone, they didn't need, like, it's not like, do we fucking sentence them to death? No. Right. You're just like, you fucking made a huge mistake and your life's over. But like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, but the, I just hope that, that this that, time that, 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 that culture is never going away, bro. Yeah. It's nah. never going to go away. That's, there's, I, oh, there's, it's, dude, the more and more people have a voice, the more, it, it, that's just the world we live in now, dude. It's the, just always going to be like that. Does it, 
sometimes hold you back from writing a bit that could be a little bit more raunchy, like bring in something like that first bit that you talked about boys and girls being compared when they eat, like something that um, went down that, 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 that road, it goes a little I bit more risque. Does it make you think twice when you write? No, I don't think if I think about that idea and I try it and if it doesn't work, I'm just not going to do it again. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do many it. Times like, it I, how many times is it? How many times is it? But how many times does it not have to work before you're like, fuck it, throw it out? Um, I don't know. It's just like a feeling thing. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. like I could be like, or I'll come back to it. I'll be like, I'll try this another time. Yeah. Like, I'll be like it doesn't feel right right now. Like I would do like, like, I think this is funny. So I'm going to try it. And then if, it, if it's not working and then sometimes you, you realize like, you know, you, you can't, you're just not good enough to figure out how to make it work, but there's always a way. If you think something's funny, then there's, there's always a way to make it work. Mm. If it's your, if you think it's funny, you truly do. So I'm, but I, I don't like write a joke and go, ah, this is something that people will get offended by. But if I can make them laugh at it, like, I don't think comedians really do that. I think they think something's funny and they share it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. think someone's writing a bit. Like, I don't think someone's sitting around, I mean, maybe, but I don't, and I know most of my friends don't do this, but I don't think someone's like, all right, let me write down abortion. Now, what do I think about abortion? I don't think they do that. Like, all right, what else? Um, Black, black people, like they go after like trigger words and then like, let me write a bit. Some comics for sure do, but most of the comics, when you see like Bill Burr going in, that's his genuine, that's his belief. He's like, yo, this is fucking, this is bullshit. And then what, let me tell you why it's bullshit. And this is why it's funny that it's bullshit. You yeah. He's one of the best. He's one of the best speakers to just sit there and talk solo. Yeah. He's one of the best guys to do it for sure. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's, that's the whole, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't really go on that shit. I'm more uh, like talking about my life experiences and being yeah. silly. So I, I don't really talk about race. I don't have race shit. I don't have like, I don't have an opinion about abortion. I don't have an opinion about politics. I just, not yet, at least. Maybe when right. I'm 45 or right. If someone's like, hey, what do you think about Bush? I'm like, I, I don't really know. Whatever she wants. I don't give yeah. a fuck. You're sticking give, to your guns. You're sticking to what's fuck. true. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck. Well, what if it was you and you got to go pregnant? I'm like, then I guess I'll deal with it then. But I just don't have a strong enough opinion to where I can make a funny joke about it. So I, don't, right. I just don't give a fuck. And if you want to get mad at me for just not giving a fuck, fine. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. What, all these issues in the world, I just don't give a fuck. I love and people it. People might get mad about that, but it's just like, I want to. I know that one day I will, and then I'll come up with material. I'll be like, here's what I, this is fucking annoying, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, dude, I love that. You're sticking true to your guns. And, yeah. I got, you know, coming back full circle, that's what I admire about comedians and their ability to put on their authenticity in a way that's funny, that people could relate to. And I think there's a craft in there that uh, the regular Joe doesn't really notice you know they just see oh funny haha i want to make me laugh make me laugh jester you know and i just i I like to exploit the the all that behind it the juiciness behind it the growth behind it i think it's there's beauty in that and i think um it's fun to talk about you know we're all human beings and going through the same type of emotions and you know everyone's got big dreams some people adhere to them some people take the safe route and you took a trip to yeah. LA that was what, a six day trip, five, five day trip. And you figured out a way to make it happen. And you go from doing these open mics to doing these next steps. And in 10 years, boom, you're doing theaters. So talk to me a little bit about your experience doing theaters, not after night, doing this tour. And now that Chris is special kind of, did he uh, film that in Chicago? Was that filmed then? Uh, Minneapolis. Oh, Minneapolis. I don't know why I thought it was Chicago. Uh, but yeah, so like you, 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 you did that whole tour. Talk to me about like now that it's, it's done uh, how much that it impacted you and, and doing 3,800 people at, at a time. Like what, what's that like? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely, it was definitely like the best time of my life for sure. It's like fun. And it's just like, shit, man. I mean, he's even going to get bigger. So I can't wait to see what other gigs we get to do. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, people always be like, man, like how long, like I talk about this in the third, my third part of my podcast. It's like how people sometimes will be like, how long are you going to open for him? I'm like, bro, he keeps getting more famous. Like, what do, we, what do you want me to say? No. Mm, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he keeps getting bigger. It's like how long before he does Madison square garden. Um, yeah, right. I mean, right. bro, when you do that, the confidence, like just what you have, like I, you can't fake confidence on stage. A lot of young comics try to, but like when you've killed in front of 4,000 people, like, you know that you're funny. Yeah. You know that, the, you know that like, even if someone's like, if someone doesn't like your shit, fine. But I know that this joke is funny to people because it's working or they're related 
like they relate to it. So it's like, I know I'm doing something right. I go, I have to be doing something right. If, if he's allowing me to open these shows, definitely because, like, because otherwise he would be fucking mad. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, especially when you're doing two man shows, right? It's not when these theater shows are doing two man shows, you're not doing a, a typical host in a comedy club where it's a host feature headliner and maybe even a guest set sometimes in there. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I walk out there cold. What's up? You guys excited? Let's get it going. Yeah. You know? And I mean, that I think has helped me progress quicker than let's say any other guys who are like, obviously I got lucky. I mean, there's nothing that teaches you how to be a comedian quicker than doing the road with someone who's a pro. Mm. I mean, you just learn you, night and day. Like you'll, you'll meet guys who like start when you see a guy and you're like, Oh, he's starting to open for him or he, he's getting open. He's opening for him. You're like, Oh, he's going to get good quick. He's going to learn real quick. That's awesome. Man. So yeah. And it's just like, it's a little bit of luck. I mean, you can't force yourself to open for, and not everybody's like that. Chris does it. Theo does it. And like Shab brings, but like a lot of other comics kind of like, I don't, Sebastian doesn't have like an open, like, I don't know who the opener is. Like, right. he's not in the yeah. comedy scene. He might use different openers. Anymore. Yeah. He might use, di- it's not like, he's not like one of the store, like guys who's hanging out. Yeah. And like a, a lot of like, com- like, or, or Burt Kreischer uses different people. I think Segura uses different people. Yeah. Like, like me and Chris's thing is rare. And like Shab brings uh, Derek and Asan, and then I'm trying to think of another. Like even Bill, Bill always has someone different. Yeah. Like, uh, I, to, so to be lucky enough to have a guy who's always using me, that's fucking. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I I, I yeah. saw Bert Kreischer and he had Jesus Trejo with him. Yeah, he's great. He bounces back and forth with like Joey Diaz and a lot of all, all those other guys. So like, I, I I like that. I like that there's this coaching, this camaraderie, this uh, bringing up the next group of people, this grooming. I think it's extremely healthy, uh, yeah. especially with an art form like comedy where people are are delivering something truthful, authentic, and it's yeah. funny, man. There's nothing fucking better than that. Yeah. It's it's cool, yeah. It definitely is cool, dude. So tell like, I can't wait to help. I can't wait to be able to give back. You know. Yeah, definitely. And and you're do, you're you're already doing that when you put out your stuff. And like when I listen to your podcast, like you help me be a better podcaster. And like just know that I pay attention to all these qualities of people that are hustling and doing yeah. fine and and putting themselves out there and learning. I just think it's it's extremely important. And uh, like, I want to put that out there for people to kind of listen to and hopefully it inspires them to go ahead and do yeah. what they feel pulled towards, you know? That's awesome. So um, uh, yeah. well, one more thing, just, I, I got like three minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh just, no, I, I wanted, I want to close it out. I know this is this okay, cool. time for you to go to your next, your next gig. So I want yeah. you to tell people where they can find you, where they can uh, hear your stuff. Um, so yeah, go ahead and tell them that. And what you got next going on? um <laughs> nothing going on next <laughs> uh, i just Corona. just just keep making my podcast i'll do like i have an idea of like what i want to keep just doing the podcast and like cut videos in between like just what's going on in the week like me fucking with my roommate yeah. i think it's just fun to like i, I like editing so it gives me okay. something like if i can like you know shoot little videos throughout the week of me being silly in the house with my roommate and then like talk about it and then put and cut it into my podcast which is the takeover with Michael and Ochi and it's on all platforms. You could subscribe to it and leave a review. And then it's also, you know, I've been posting the videos on YouTube since, you know, that's the only thing I can really do artistically right now. Yeah. And zoom podcasts. That's like, you know, you know, just anything to kind of talk about and keep your brain going and staying positive. Definitely, definitely. Well, Mike Linochi, I'm I'm inspired by you, man. I'm a fan, and uh, I really appreciate your time today and sharing yeah. all this knowledge with me. I really fucking appreciate it. It's next level, and uh, fuck, this was great. This was great. Yeah, really man. Thank you. Thank next you. time I'm in Chicago, hit me up, and I'll make sure I hook you up. So definitely, definitely. That sounds yeah, awesome, yeah. man. All right. Well, yeah. hey, have a good night, and uh, I'll I'll reach out to you when this is edited, and I'll, I'll get you some content so that we can have some For clips sure. here. And, and 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 this was good. So I really appreciate. All right, it. man. Have a good one. Yeah, good luck to you. Thank you, buddy. Take care. And that was the podcast, everybody. That was a really fun conversation for me to see Michael live in front of 3,000 people at the Chicago Theater um, and then to kind of learn about his process and how he does his writing and how that's kind of morphed over time. I mean, like you can't get education like that anywhere else. So... uh, I'm fortunate and grateful to have conversations like this and then, you know, share it with everybody. So I hope this has motivated you in some 
way. I hope it's entertained you. I know that I'm going to keep uh, having conversations with comedians and learning about that craft. Uh, it's fun. It's different. It's a different um, field than fitness, but uh, the more things you learn, I think, the more you're able to view life from different lenses. And I think that's very important. I think perspective is really important. And, uh, you know, to challenge yourself and the way you think is super healthy. And I think comedians fucking do that. And I, that's why I love comedy. That's why I'm a big fan of comedy. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure to check out Michael Inochi's podcast, The Takeover. It's a good podcast. He's a good uh, storyteller. You, you just kind of get zoned in listening to how he processes information. It's cool. So uh, that's it, everybody. Make sure to, uh, if, you, if you like what you heard today, share it with somebody, hit five-star rating and, you know, review the podcast and tune in for more podcasts like this one. Have a good day. Peace. <laughs>